0: Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sybottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 241 with Chris Kosh. How are you, Chris? Hey, how are you on? Good, mate. Good. Now, one of the things I love is humour, and I, I think starting a TED talk or any presentation is something that you need to stand out with. And I love that you walked onto, uh, you walked onto this TED stage and said, you probably didn't notice, but my right ear is bigger than my left ear. Now, is that a joke you use all the time? Do you use humor to break the ice <laughs> and yeah. make people feel comfortable? Is, is that your thing?
1: I It is. And it's, I mean, it depends on the, the crowd and it, I, I mean, I, I always use humor and it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I had a lady ask me once after a presentation, I opened it up to Q and A. And, uh, she said, no, there's a lot of comedians who are very, very funny people, but you know, behind the scenes, it's really dark. She's, is it kind of a a mask? I said, no, honestly, from time to time. Yes, it is, you know, having a, having a shit day and I just, am trying to get through that get over the hump but for the most part i would say 99 of the time it's just a legitimate love of of laughing and 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 making people laugh and you know some different jokes work better with with others i know when i was down in australia uh one of my and i and i tell this story a lot in all my presentations but i was in port lincoln and uh i was doing some presentations down there and they asked me like, it sounds like you're pretty, pretty game for whatever, uh, you know, you're adventurous guy. Would you go shark cage diving? with Great white sharks. I'm like, honestly, I'm already missing arms and legs. So what's left to lose. Let's <laughs> it. And, uh, so on the, on the boat, right down there, it's two hour boat boat ride from, uh, from Port Lincoln down to the Neptune islands. And I was telling all the other tourists on the boat that that was actually my second time shark cage diving first time didn't go so well. So I was, I was back there to face my fears. and the Aussie Aussie sense of humor they were just eating that up. they loved it actually even um is it called the 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 project the tv news tv show Yep. they actually wanted to have me on but I couldn't I couldn't uh couldn't make it happen because I was flying out shortly thereafter so that that would have been cool
0: that would have been really cool so obviously you were born without arms and legs and the thing I love about it that That has not ever hampered you one bit in life. And I would say you've lived a a much fuller and and more adventurous life than most without arms and legs. Is, I know being brought up in a small country town, um, your parents never self pitied or anything like that. Is that always been something for you that it's, you know, that's how you're born? Well, there's nothing different. You don't know any other way.
1: Yeah. I tell people that being born with arms and legs is really no different than being born without. You have what you have. You just figured out how to, how to do things. Uh, does, does having arms and legs hinder me from time to time in, in certain aspects of life? Yes. But has it held me back, you know, in any you know, significant shape, way or form? No. Uh, and I tell people I guarantee I'm having more fun and more success without arms and legs than it would have had I been born with them. Um, you know, there's no way to know that for sure, but I might've just, you know, been born with arms and legs, taking it for granted and just sort of coasted through life doing whatever, but I wasn't. Uh, so I'm making the most of life with with what I have instead of worrying about what I don't. And uh, yeah, I've just pushed myself to get out there and see, do and experience as much as possible. And, and that's why I love doing the presentations that I do is encourage others to do those. We all have our things that are holding us back. We all have our things that are, you know, kind of getting us down and you can let that win or you can say, hey, you know what? these are the things that I can't change, but the things that I can change and the things that I have control over is, you know, what's up here. Yeah.
0: It's so true. And I, I think I don't want to ponder on COVID and the world situation that we're in too much at the moment, but I think a lot what you're just saying there, Chris really relates to, you know, what a lot of people are going through at the moment, you know, everybody's lost something. They've lost the ability to travel. They've lost the ability to see loved ones. They've lost the ability. They may have lost work or things like that. What's, John, what, what do you say when people are like this? Like, what's your message? If if people could take one thing away, we're gonna talk about a lot more, don't worry about that. But people who may be struggling with COVID and things at the moment, what's what's your message to them, mate?
1: Well, I guess you know, a couple things. I'll I'll and we talked about this, you know, before we went live. You know, when when we were on our harshest lockdown back here in Canada, you know, the two biggest things that I you know, use to keep my mental health up is traveling and being around people. Those two things. <laughs> Gone. <on. laughs> yeah. No bueno. So I, and I, and I'd said, I, I, uh, I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought I was <laughs> dealing with it. All right. And, you know, now I look back on it. I, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was an absolute train wreck, but uh, you know, it's, you know, you really have to try and find the positives and, you know, there's times in life and and it's not, not just COVID. There are times in life where you really have to dig deep to find the positives, but you need to find the positives. You need to find the upside. You need to find whatever you can to make you happy. Even if some of the things that make you truly happy are taken away from you, you just, you just have to work a lot harder at it. And, uh, you know, again, we we can't we can't change it. I mean, yes, we can change it. We we have our voices, and we need to, you know, if we are truly feeling that we're being done in injustice, then we need to speak up. But for that moment, there, you still need to find the positives. Otherwise, it's going to get ugly in a hurry, and it's going to be a long, long grind.
0: Yeah, and and like what you just saying there, like everyone's had their own battles and. I'm very similar to yourself, mate. I, I love people. and I feed off that energy and I love traveling and I like speaking like you do. And, and all of that's been taken away. But that's, at the end of the day, I can ponder on that and, and let that affect me or I can focus on what it's allowed me to do elsewhere. You know, I've been able to spend more time at home. have been able to spend time with my son. Little things like that. But saying that, mate, you're out of it. You're back speaking. What has it been like? So to have, you know, the traveling, the speaking taken away from you, but now you're actually getting it back. Are you appreciating the impact you're having and what you're able to do more?
1: Absolutely. I, I've always been grateful and thankful and, and appreciative of, of what I get to do. Uh, I appreciate it even more now that I'm back. You know, yeah, we did get to do uh, you know online presentations, but uh, especially with humor, you know, you can't, <laughs> hear, you can't hear people laughing. So you 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 throw a joke out there, and you just have to trust that people are they laughing. laughing. Where, <laughs> <laughs> a joke in person to a room full of 200 people you actually hear the laughing okay good <laughs> um, and actually that's the other thing too is when you tell jokes or at least i found when i was telling jokes on the online presentations i was telling the jokes that i knew were tried tested and true because you, you'll kind of workshop a couple new stories and new jokes when you have people and then it's quiet and like Okay. So we won't use that one again (laughs) (laughs) when it's online. Um, And yeah, just being able to connect with people. Uh, You know, I, when I speak at a conference, when I speak at a school, wherever, um, I, I go to the whole thing. I try and meet and interact with as many people as possible. When I'm at schools, there's a lot of kids that have some stuff that they want to talk about, not in a group setting. And, you know, to hang back afterwards and maybe have that really meaningful, potentially life-changing conversation with somebody who's going through some, some deep stuff that, that is tough to, to, to mimic and, and replicate online. So being able to do that in person um, and the crazy hectic, you know, cancellations and plane delays and all that crap that drives you insane <laughs> when you're traveling. I had, I had a stretch of nine days where I had six canceled flights and I don't know how many hours worth of delays. And I was like, you know what? I will take this over being locked up in my house. Anyway. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Mate, I, I hear and I think that it's a reminder that things we take for granted, it's actually a luxury to know that you're in a position that a flight's being canceled. You're fortunate enough to be able to go on a flight like so again it's just that mindset isn't it instead of thinking about what you don't have what you do have how lucky you are instead of how unlucky you are
1: Well, and it's it's the perspective i mean you always need to keep your perspective so the flights that were cancelled i think five of the six were because of forest fires i'd rather be stuck in an airport an extra four hours or have to you know cough up 250 bucks for a hotel than it being my house that's you know threatened by a, yeah, by a fire. Um, you know, and actually the, the other thing that I really missed, I love sports. I love, you know, I went to a baseball game in Atlanta, Georgia, and you know, one of the players, Freddie Freeman hit a home run and there's 42,000 people going crazy. Uh, I loved it. I've been to the Mel- Melbourne cricket grounds for the MCJ?
0: yes so
1: I, I know the atmosphere there. I miss, I missed all that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, I, I, I hear you and uh, the Ashes are actually coming back to Melbourne, well, Australia this year, and they're talking about no crowds and I just don't really understand. And I think like with a lot of things, it's hard to imagine sports like that. They feed off a crowd. And I know there's been a lot of sports without crowds. There's no atmosphere. And it's probably similar, like you were saying, to presenting virtually that you tell a joke and then you're like, oh, it's silence. How long do I think they're laughing for before I start again? Very similar, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> you, you, you a little proud laughter button just, <laughs> just through your own ego
0: <laughs> <laughs> you do you do so when you're you know all the work you're doing what, what's the proudest thing you think the impact you're having particularly in schools I think at the moment you know the mental health issues around the world are extremely high and you chuck chucking a pandemic in there as well Chris what's the, what, what are you most proud of of the impact you're having on young kids
1: yeah you know what there's there, there's actually two two that stand out. One was very recent. Uh, I had a mom reach out to me, uh, been, I guess probably a year and a half, close to two years ago. And she found out, um, that the, the the baby she was pregnant with, uh, was going to be born missing arms and legs. And so of course she had a lot of questions, still has a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so we were chatting back and forth before Owen, uh, was born. He's 10 months old now. And just on this most recent road trip, um, I, uh, I was in Chicago and she messaged me. She goes, I can't believe you're in Chicago. That's where we live. We'd love to come meet you wherever. I'm like, honestly, I have, you know, whatever day it was off, I'll come down. We'll meet you. She goes, you know what? I see that you like beer. There's a, there's a really good brewery, uh, close <laughs> to our house. We'll meet there. And I'm like, okay, so you're being, uh, with your 10 year old son who's missing out tonight <laughs> at a brewery at 11 o'clock in the morning. I was like, Perfect. This is, yep, I'm in. Count me in. <laughs> um, so it was really cool to, to meet Owen because I, I knew of Owen before Owen was even born and he is so freaking cute. Um, so that that right there to be able to, because I had a lot of uh, mentors and, and people that helped me along the way uh, when I was young. So to be able to do the same thing. And then the other one, it really stands out and it, it has for a long time. It was after a presentation I did at a at a middle school down in the states, and this young girl uh, came up to me, and she has cerebral palsy, and she had said to me that uh, she says, you know, that the timing of all of this was was absolutely perfect. She's like, I I, but I believe in divine intervention. She goes, I just had a conversation with my parents a couple nights ago. How I told them I don't want to live anymore. I'm I'm tired of having to work harder to do everything. I'm tired of you know just having to deal with being disabled. I'm tired of, you know, not being able to do certain things. And I just, she says, I'm just tired, sick and tired of being disabled. She says the worst part about it is my disability is severe enough that I can't even take my own life. I have to have somebody help me take my own life. She goes, that's how out of control of my own life I feel. And I mean, that that hit me like a wave like, I I can't even describe what hearing something like that feels like. Um, And, and I, you know, I said to her, I said, look, first thing you're talking, that is first and foremost, the most important thing. I said, keep talking. I said to your, you know, your pastor at your church, your family, your, your counselor at school, psychologist, and you know what, I don't give my phone number away, but I said, this is my phone number. I said, you text, you call. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon. You you call me, you text me. If I don't get back to you right away, I will know that I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And she was, I think about grade eight at that point. And uh, one day I was out on my longboard getting in, getting in some miles and I get a text message uh, out of the blue and it was a video of her going across stage, uh, picking up her high school diploma. And I like,
0: oh, I know,
1: out. In there. I, I broke down <laughs> and I, it, that, that is why I love doing what I do. That is why, you know, that's, that's, I guess, confirmation that it's working too. So that, that one really, really stands out.
0: That's uh, where you're going with that story, Chris. I was like, geez, I I, I don't know where this is going to end up. Like, and and when people share things like that with you, how do you then deal with that yourself, mate? Because in a way, a lot of people, when they share something with you, they're offloading that burden. How do you, how do you deal with that? Because I'm sure a lot of people share pretty intimate things with you. Um, But what do you, what are your like strokey, like, how do you, how do you deal with that, mate?
1: Well, you know, like I said, it, it hit me like a, a wave of, like, like I said, indescribable feeling. And, you know, you have that conversation and then you got to regain your composure and do another presentation to the next group. Um, but I, I guess I would, I would rather have to do that than her feel that she couldn't share that and, you know, heaven forbid, you know, yeah. Worst case scenario happens. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, yeah. And I I guess i I'm, it's nice. It's amazing knowing that I guess I'm reaching people on that level where they, she'd never even really heard of me before, before that presentation. And she felt comfortable enough to come and share probably her darkest, most intimate feelings ever with me, that that's pretty amazing that you can break through to, to somebody like that. And, uh, I, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm still in, in contact with her. She, she texts me every once in a while and, and, uh, you know, she's doing, she's doing well. I and mean, obviously like anybody, she has her, her bad days and her rough patches, but, uh, the, the good days are outnumbering the bad. So that's, uh, that's a bonus right there.
0: And that's it that's a credit to you Chris to be able to build those connections so quickly because life is all about connections, building trust and relationships It doesn't matter what profession you're in, where you are in your life. Um, what what made you want to start speaking and sharing your story and getting out there and putting yourself out on the stage? Was there a light bulb moment or did you just think no I'm in I'm a really positive person that can help the world and you just started doing it.
1: Uh, I guess it it happened fairly organically. I was always, you know, as a kid in middle school, high school, I was always asked to speak at local schools and, you know, events and Rotary Club, things like that. Uh, And I was involved with an organization here in Canada called the the War Amps Child Amputee Program and or CHAMP program. And so I'd I'd always been involved in it. And, you know, when I graduated high school, people like, you should be a motivational speaker. You should be a motivational speaker. I was like, I you know, everybody in my hometown, you know, they help out at their, on the family farm and they go skiing and snowboarding and stuff like that. I just felt what I was doing was really no different than anybody else. And it was after a three-month backpack trip, Uh, I went solo throughout Europe um, and it was an amazing trip. And I've always had a lot of, um, I've always admired people who are willing to uh, just drop everything and just go backpack for two, three, four, five plus months. And when you do that, you also meet a lot of Aussies. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I, I, I came back home from that and I was like, okay, that is, that is a great jumping off point to, to tell my whole story. And then all of a sudden I was giving myself credit for those, all those other things that everybody else thought was pretty cool. And, uh, I mean, when you're doing presentations like this, when you're a motivational speaker, you're in sales and you're selling yourself, you're selling your, your story. And if you don't fully believe in that story, people are going to sniff out the BS and be like, no, I'm not listening to this guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, I, I travel to get to where I'm speaking to and I, I travel. So I have more to speak about and just kind of feeds that whole cycle, I guess. And it's, it's awesome. I love it.
0: Uh, mate, and that's it. You are practicing what you preach and you're not rolling any BS at all. Um, you just have to watch your Ted talk and other things you've done to actually see that. Um, where's the coolest place you've spoken and why?
1: Oh, there's, there's been a lot of really neat places. Uh, you know, growing up uh, farming, you know, I got to speak to, to John Deere in both in the States and over in, in Europe Um I spoke to a bunch of disability organizations all throughout Nepal. That one was, was, was pretty amazing. Uh, and Nepal is actually my favorite country that I've traveled to. Um, and, uh, and actually ironically enough, uh, there's a, a girl from, from, uh, surfers, Service um, paradise here. who, uh, she was over working at a, at a, um, at the ranch that I grew up working at and so we met there had a couple beers and then uh when i was down in australia i was on my way to byron bay passing passing her place and i said i don't know what your schedule is but i'm going to be in uh byron bay love to get together with you if you're around she goes that's ironic my husband's or not my husband my boyfriend's band is playing in in byron bay tonight so we met up there and then she randomly messaged me when i was in Kathmandu. she's like i'm in nepal as well we should get together so <laughs> her and i are on three different continents um but uh yeah uh gee, there's a mcbride bc is a tiny little town kind of in middle sort of almost northern bc they've just been absolutely amazing they've had me speak there three different times um yeah, there's, I, I spoke to the Manly, uh, at the, before a Manly Seagulls, uh, rugby match. Um, yeah, there's been some pretty cool ones. I, I mean, they're all unique and unique for, for various, uh, there's you know, a lot of international schools in China and Malaysia and, and, uh, yeah, just, there's been a lot of cool places. I'm pretty, pretty lucky.
0: I, uh, I love that. And I think, one of the, the best gratifying and learning experiences is traveling and going to all these different places. Um, and I can imagine, I know when I travel to speak, that I think I'm going there to give them something, but you end up taking away more from what you learn from the culture, the different people, and the experience, really, don't you?
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, that as well as, you know, afterwards, especially if you give the time, take the time to hang out and chat with people after the presentation, whether it be, you know, for say an hour after the presentation is over, or if it's a conference stand for the next two days, you meet a lot of people, you hear their story, and then all of a sudden it's a reversal of roles and you're inspired and motivated by, by what they're doing. There's a, a young kid. Um, uh, his name is Sean, uh, in Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is a, a small city east of Calgary, about four hours. And he came up to me after my presentation and he's got a smile on his face. Cause I want to show you something. And, uh, he's, I'd say he's about grade six and he pulls up his pant legs and he's got uh, braces on his legs. He goes, I have a condition called CMT. He goes, basically the, the muscle and the bones, um, are deteriorating. He goes, I, I can walk with these braces. He goes, I'll eventually need a cane and then a walker and a wheelchair. Um, and he's telling me all this and he's, he's just got a smile on his face. He just, <laughs> It seemed unfazed by it. And uh, I said, Well, is there you know any way that you can slow the progression of this of this disease? You know, he goes, Yeah, absolutely. He goes, I walk as much as I can. He goes, I swim as often as I can, I play hockey, I stay as active as often as I can, and that does slow slow down the progression. And uh, and I was thinking, he's telling me all this, and he's got a smile on his face, and he seems so positive. And, you know, when, when you're going through a rough patch, people always say, you know, don't worry, it'll get better. It'll get better. (laughs) I said the same thing to the young girl who, you know, said she didn't want to be living anymore. Whereas, you know, if you say that to Sean, it's literally, literally going to get worse as far as that disease. But I was just so, I was so impacted and so moved by that. And, and, you know, it's just moments like that is again, makes this all worth it
0: yeah yeah definitely and I I think you don't expect that when you're going there to speak but they're the things that you do get and you take it on board and you're like wow I wasn't expecting to get that but that is a gift and I'm going to use that is there is there a question you wish you got asked more Chris so um, obviously I'm sure you get asked generic ones all the time is there something you wish people would ask you
1: uh you know nothing really jumps out that. uh you know, you do interviews and, and they always ask you at the very end. Did you think we covered anything? Is there anything else? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've, I've heard all the questions um, and not none of them surprise me anymore. And yes, there's the there's a usual bank of questions that you're always asked. Um, kids, it's it, it's amazing to see where a kid's mind goes <laughs> with their questions. It gets pretty entertaining at times. Uh, yeah, there's nothing that really jumps up. So I'll ask you that. What is a question that you wish people asked you more?
0: Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I think the, the the one thing that you've learned in the last five years, and, and I really like that one because I think you're always learning. And if you're not, um, for me personally, I've learned to listen, Chris. Um, I was a, I'm a very good talker, but that was my detriment because I'd just be talking all the time. And when you're talking, you're not learning because you're not listening. So for me, I don't know, that's probably something I've learned and I'm trying to work better at. Um, yeah, so I, is there something like that for you?
1: I guess, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I get paid to speak. Um, I get asked questions all the time. So you're answering questions. But I, I love I love when I have the opportunity to, to sit back and, and just listen and observe. You know, it's that whole, you know, you have two ears, and one mouth, yep. you know, maybe, maybe use that accordingly. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, you know, if you believe at, uh at 40, uh, what you did at 20, you wasted 20 years of your life or however that one goes. We, we are, we all, we're always learning. And I think, you know, as, as difficult as COVID has been for the last year and a half, we're approaching two years now. Um, I think we've learned a lot. And you know when you when you have time to yourself, you have a lot of time for for self reflection and and self growth. So maybe 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 it wasn't all that bad in the end. Well, <laughs> I, we I think just a little bit more time for self growth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're still thinking about it here, mate, which is good. But um, <laughs> I, I think that's exactly what what you're saying is. At the end of the day, you can make any situation how you want it. Sometimes it is a lot harder to do that. Um, And other times, you know, when you are freedom and you can do things you like, it's not, it's nowhere near as hard. But then again, those hard times are what builds that resilience and shapes the person you are, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when you look back at, you know, the time that you, you know, stumbled, fell down, you know, your lowest point in your life, and you were able to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and, and get back into the game. That is a moment in life when you learn just how strong, resilient, and capable you are as an individual. Uh, so those those moments of hardship, those moments of failure, uh, those moments where you thought you were, you know, absolutely useless <laughs> and not going to amount to anything, or you were you were destined to fail, uh, but you didn't. Those those are those moments. That, those are those. We need those moments. Those yeah. are those growth moments that that we need and i think you know society i think right now tries their best to you know take the journey from a to b and remove as many obstacles as possible those obstacles need to be in there um because those are those are moments of those are teaching moments those are learning moments Uh, i know i know for myself my mom and dad always talk about when i was a kid you know, little baby, you know, try to figure out how to do things. And and they'd see me struggle and they'd want to jump in. They'd want to help out, but they resisted. They, they knew that they needed to let me figure that out for myself. And that, you know, if they would have babied me and coddled and, you know, pandered to me, I, they would have just raised a lazy little wimp, honestly, honestly. Um, Whereas, yeah, I, I, I learned how to figure out creative outside of the box ways of, solving these problems that I needed to do and I'm 100% independent and actually you know to go back to the question that you asked um you know I mentioned it in my presentation but I don't think it sinks in completely because I had this conversation after one of my presentations not long ago people don't fully realize that when I travel and when I live I am completely 100% totally independent I don't have somebody that travels with me to help me with my bags. I don't have to have anybody help me get ready in the mornings or, or do certain tasks. I've got it 100% covered. And that's because my parents let me figure it out. And, you know, in some instances forced me to figure it out for myself. So yeah, that would be just, yeah.
0: That um, that message really is makes me think that, you know, we we we've had a pretty easy life like our generation you know what i mean we haven't had any wars or anything really bad or anything and covid may be that thing that if you really think about it how can you overcome it and i know people probably own the right mindset of that at the moment but essentially if you can overcome this and other things and other hurdles in life you've you've built that resilience up so that it's not going to affect you and that, essentially that's what your parents did for you growing up chris and they've allowed you to be the person you are today
1: No, absolutely. And, and, you know, kind of to the beginning of what you were saying, yeah, COVID is our generational, I guess, thing, you know, the generation before, maybe it was the cold war before that, you know, maybe it was the second world war and the first world war and, you know, the, the great depression and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This
1: this is our, this is our historical test where we look back on it and say, wow, we got through that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come back.
1: <laughs> yeah. I <love> <laughs>
0: yeah, I love that. Yeah. Chris, one of the things I've heard you mention a couple of times is you love a beer. Um, I I fancy a beer myself, mate. Now, if you walk into a brewery and they've got all different beers on selection, what what's your go-to? What type of beer do you like, mate?
1: I uh, you know, I I like all all kinds of beer. Um, <laughs> I, like, I like cold beer. Yeah, <laughs> uh you know, a lot of times when i walk into a, a brewery uh one of the things i'll ask is you know what is your signature beer or what is what is one that you would recommend and I say well do you like dark or lighter beers or sours or stouts or i'm like honestly just surprise me <laughs> yeah. um i i will say though lately i've been getting into the sours uh mm-hmm. i know when you first introduced me to the concept of a sour beer i'm like That is the stupidest idea. (laughs) And now I'm kind of like, yeah, it's not too bad. I like that, mate. Well,
0: that's good to know. When I'm in Canada next, I'll uh, bring a couple of sales around, mate, we can catch up. But, uh, Chris, people are listening. Where can they get more of you? And I'd probably... Before I let you, I'll answer your question before I let you answer it. If you haven't watched Chris's TED Talk, uh, I'll have links in the show notes, episode 241. That is a must. One of the best ones I've ever watched. And I watch a lot of TED Talks and that's why I reached out. I wanted to have you on here because I was so inspired and moved by the way you use humor, the way you built connection, um, but then delivered your message. So I'll go back and ask my question again. Where can people find you, Chris, without me butting in?
1: No, that's fine. Uh, one, I'll, I'll butt in and kind of cut in where you were talking earlier. Next time I'm back down in Oz, I I gotta gotta get back down there as soon as possible. Uh, we'll we'll get together for a beer in St Kilda or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I you can reach me, uh, Chris Cook, You know, last name spelled K O C H. And uh, uh, if I can is the theme or the motto of what I speak about. So type any iteration of those you'll you'll find me on social media my website is www.ifican.ca uh and all the links to my social are, are on there too but uh I, I appreciate you uh you know messaging me and asking me to join you and uh, i also appreciate that uh you enjoyed my uh, TED Talk so much. I That's that's pretty cool. I like that. No, I really did, mate. I really did. And uh, your knowledge of uh, geography around different
0: parts of the world is very impressive. To uh real off St. Kilda, mate, all, uh, just down the road from me, mate, I can meet you there. No worries. A little bit further for you to come to <laughs> me. <but laughs> so, guys, as I said before, episode 241, all of Chris's details will be on there. Um, Chris, personally, mate, it's... Uh, Talking to you today is exactly what I needed. I'm not in a bad spot at the moment, but uh, I don't know, just hearing your story, your journey, your positivity and your outlook on life, mate, it's something that we all need and we all need to take a cup of tea from you and drink it um, and adapt a little bit of your messages, mate. So thanks so much for being on the show, mate. I really appreciate your time.
1: Well, I appreciate it as well. Cheers.